Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. All right. So welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Z. Today we're talking about character, which is a very interesting and nuanced topic. The way to think about character is the essence of something. And when we talk about people, it's really the essence of oneself. It's our abilities, our values, our attitudes, our personality traits, all the things that make us and give us the ability to respond in different situations. So the reason this topic came up, Z, you and I were discussing something you'd seen online. You'd seen a video of a young girl, and this girl, even though she was young, she was very disillusioned. So she was speaking at the UN, and she was very angry about climate change. So she was speaking to the entire delegation and basically blaming them for ruining her planet and that of future generations. So you saw this, and not only did you see this, but one of your friends saw this. And this friend of yours has been a revolutionary, he's been a political prisoner, a human rights activist, and his reaction was very interesting. So he saw this and he said, wow, this really gives me hope for the future generation because my generation has fought and struggled and gone through a lot of hardship. There aren't too many people who are standing up today who really believe in something. And we've got this young girl, she's taking a stand, she's expressing her frustration, her anger, and she's pushing for change. The other interesting thing that came out of this was you were saying you looked at the comments and the reactions to what this girl said. You had a lot of people online who were just bashing this girl. They didn't even know her. They had no idea what she represented, but they were blaming her parents for bad upbringing. They were slandering her. They were making personal attacks. And if you take a look at the two extremes, it speaks to differences in character, that essence of ourselves. On the one hand, you've got this girl who has the fortitude to speak to a high-profile group of adults and express what's on her mind and agitate for change. On the other hand, you've got people who know nothing about this girl, who've probably never stood up for anything in their lives, and they're content to just tear her down. They feel better by diminishing her. So two ends of the spectrum, two different types of character. And the final thing you observed, which I thought was interesting, was does this girl really have what it takes to survive when she gets older? Because she's going to face these attacks. If you really stand up for what you believe, if you challenge convention, people are going to tear you down. And you need something to fall back on. You need a certain amount of strength and conviction in yourself to persevere and know that whatever you're fighting for could cost you everything. So that's an open question. We'll see over time whether she develops that strength. But I think that these three scenarios, on the one hand, the girl who is very proudly and bravely standing up to an assembly, on the other hand, the people who are trying to tear her down. And finally, finally, the open question of what she's going to look like in the future all speak to differences in character, differences in that underlying essence of ourselves. Z, expand on this. Talk to us about why character is so important. Yeah, Vin. When you think of the character of something, I look at it, again, always from the 
vantage point of the of observing the dispassionate observer observing humanity observing the human being and what we're going through the human dilemma the human conditions the physics of being human right you see that different people are made of different things character is like uh, one of the elemental models of what we are as your dna uh, makes a certain part of you your environment makes a certain part of you. Your interaction with your environment makes you a certain part of you. And how you engage and actualize your life, all those together make the you. Character is another one of those uh, formulas. When I look at, at character, the ability to follow through, even with yourself, to follow up on a program, you design some sort of well-being program with yourself. Ten of these, five of these, four of these, six, six days a week, five days a week, whatever. Do you follow through? Are you, do you have the type of character that follows through with that? Or do you have the type of character that under a certain amount of duress, pressure, or time, fragments, falls apart, and you find yourself not really making progress that way? Or are you... Are the character nature where you have to conscript others to support your process. Uh, and so by understanding your own character, you can understand how to put it together. When you think about the question you asked about as this uh, young person moves forward in life, do they have the character to endure the inevitable onslaught or punishment that will be um, visited upon them by people who are of a different type of character? And it was a good example and it inspired me when I talked to you because whatever your political views are, social views are, those are not my concerns. What it is is here's someone who is willing to stand up for what they believe. I found that other people who stood up for what they believed found commonality in her, even if they were from very different backgrounds or they had different times in their life or from different generations. Um, inversely, People who never stood up for anything attacked her the most in order to uh, maybe feel they felt very good attacking a child and looking at this child uh, and sharing with others uh, horrible uh, ways of looking at it. And it was people that I encountered personally who were under most circumstances uh, relatively nice people, very nice people, but in their life they have never had to take a position. So the very part of the character that takes position was foreign to them. And what I found that from my buddy who has always taken a strong position, well into his 70s, he is extremely healthy. He is very compliant to and, and follows up with remedies and curatives to maintain very good health in his advanced age. He looks many years younger than himself. He's filled with energy, he's always inquisitive, and he's enduring. If you give him a prescription, he follows it to the letter. And he asks questions, he's constantly growing in knowledge, and I have seen him uh, foundationally maintain himself while externally he evolves, change, and morphs and adapts decade after decade. The other types, they're suffering at a very young age of very, uh, critical and, and 
life-altering health issues that they're suffering from, and they have a very difficult time following up, staying with programs, asking the right questions, and often fall back into uh, very detrimental habits. So these are the character of people, and I, I, I've always felt that if you follow the identify, process, integrate formula, if you identify the elements of your character, you can then build a character that benefits you the most. If you're unaware of those character elements, you will find yourself breaking down at critical times during the heat, the pressure, and time of living life. You won't have the fortitude to endure. Uh, oftentimes, we feel that by avoiding all hardship, uh, that life is better. But what we really find is facing all hardships, life becomes better. We find that the endless pursuit of comfort and ease wreaks havoc on our health. That for those who find comfort everywhere, comfort is never elusive. So be it uh, a quiet day at home or sitting in the park, uh, sitting through something, they're not constantly going to and fro looking for just the right fit of things because they found that they can make things work. People who have that in their character, hey, I can make this work, I can adjust. They tend to be happier, more content, and a lot more, uh, find life a lot more rewarding. So what we look at are the elements of your character, and today maybe we could break down some of that a little more, and we can use it just like if you look at an elemental chart of minerals. When you look at an elemental chart of minerals or chemicals or whatever, it tells you the nature or character of those chemicals, how hot they can, how much heat they can take, what happens when they're cooled, what happens when they melt, is it, what is the tensile strength of this or that. So when you're building these, uh, the architecture of your life, you know what to use. A good cook knows the nature and quality of the flour they're using or the seasonings they're, they're using and what temperature they should be at in order to prepare, prepare a, a, the right delicacy. So by understanding our own character, we can build on that and then create and make ourselves the person we want to be. So before going into the elements of character and how we construct the right character, let's get into this topic in a little more detail. We talked about people who have never stood up for anything who are willing to go online and spend their time and energy commenting on something they know nothing about and not even commenting on it, but making personal attacks and tearing someone else down. I've always found this really strange. I just don't know what pleasure it gives someone. I don't know who would have the time to spend reading through a hundred comments and then adding to all of the negativity that's online regarding a situation that has nothing to do with them. I found this actually, I was first exposed to it with my family. So my dad had gone through some issues in his business life. It turned out that there was nothing wrong. He'd done everything correctly, but it was a politically motivated investigation. It cost a couple years of his time. And there were some articles that were written about him. And I remember going into one of the articles and I was talking to my mom about this. And the article mentioned my dad's family. So it mentioned his kids and his wife by name. And it got down to the comment section, and we're looking at the comments. And 
there was just an array of comments about corruption and how my dad is just another example of a corrupt executive who's willing to cheat the system and when is the government going to do something, all based on no facts whatsoever. And you go a little further down and the comments get even more and more off base. So you got to the point where people started making attacks against myself and my sisters and my mom just based on her names. So they were talking about my mom's name, and I still remember this because she was very bothered by this. She was thinking, why would someone who doesn't know me, who knows nothing about me, make fun of my name and say that it sounds strange and uh, compare it to something disgusting? It was just very odd, and I still find it odd to this day. That story really sticks in my mind. When you think about character Z, what are the elements of someone's character that would cause them to do that? What value do they get out of it? What has shaped them? to make them that way? And finally, when you think about their health, what impact does that have on someone's health? Well, you could basically read the tea leaves of that person, so to say, if you forensically step back and and, and just elementary forensics, going back into the psyche and behavior of people who, in the dark and the cover of anonymity, spout out different things. What do you say when no one's around? What are you thinking? As we often say, the difference between a sane person and a crazy person is that the crazy person acts and says what the sane person is thinking. So this person has, uh, they feel unregulated, but you wonder what is stewing in their mind, what sort of toxic stew. And when you meet these people, and and, and, in my work uh, in the health and wellness business, you meet people who come out of the dark, so to say, who do these sorts of things, and they're often in very poor health. They are um, emotionally um, not in a good place, socially not in a good place, and they are aware of that, and but they feel no escape from that. So one of the ways of releasing that pressure, letting that noxious gas come out of the cells of their body, is to belittle other people without a fear of repercussion. So you hear sometimes when the peeping Tom is caught, when the uh, criminal uh, predator is caught doing something, how it is, for them it is oftentimes the only outlet is suicide. Once their actions are brought out in public, And so the person, long before that action is brought up, that person is already sick and unhealthy because what do we say? Uh, The lack of flow in their life, that's how we measure disease, is the lack of homeostasis, the absence of homeostasis. So this person who puts the time in, the energy in, to vent that noxious energy that is is inside of them. You have to remember that noxious gas, that noxious behavior is inside of their heart. It is in their cells and it's wreaking havoc on their metabolism and on the constitution of their own bodies. So it's not hard to see them. These are not happy people that want to enjoin with the human family for a number of reasons. Maybe the fault is not completely their own But because of lack of awareness, lack of self-awareness, they can get caught up in this and then there's a lot of people like that. And once that happens, the nature of things is then they develop kind of a a virtual tribe. 
they don't have any real human contact with one another, but there is the tribal yell that, hey, we can say really horrible things about people. Uh, some years ago, I had a young man working with me who really found great satisfaction on anonymously saying horrible things about people. And um, as I worked with him and, and he struggled with himself, he went through a lot and we tried for many years to help him. And he confessed to other types of really degenerate behavior he was engaged in where he worked in fast food restaurants and would um, do terrible things to the foods of people. And him and another worker would get great satisfaction out of the fact that they had polluted the foods of, of customers who did not know. Um, he also confessed to the abuse of animals and things like that that he had done. And as he worked on himself and he would clear himself of these, he also realized he had really huge personal deficits, uh, things that had happened to him. He confessed to uh, horrific abuses and molestations that he had had in his life that had never been addressed or remedied because his family, his mom and dad, were going through a divorce at the time that he was being abused and molested and so forth. So he was all alone. So he was very sick. And the only way to burst that pustule, so to say, was to vent that out and spew it on others without repercussion, without accountability. So you're dealing with a, a type of a sickness. And based on the way technology is set up now, um, the degree of that sickness can be advanced simply by the way that we engage technology. And I've talked about that before, Vin, is that you don't have to be responsible or interact. Um, if you get on any of these social media platforms, you don't have to really engage people. It's a one-way conversation if you choose. Um, then you open yourself up to uh, other type of conversation inputs that have no visceral resolve. There's no central resolution to that. You're not looking at a person's face. You're not hearing their voice. You're not seeing their spatial expression. Uh, you're not engaging them in, in within uh, within your personal space. Um, so you don't. You, there's no connection, and that makes us even more susceptible to these types of uh, spiritual, emotional, and physical diseases that come from uh, these disease, this disease nature manifesting itself, blocking you, and then building up in the body and corrupting your own constitution. Z, let's talk for a minute about the different qualities that go into character. I like the way you describe this. So you talked about trace elements, and if you're building a metal and you want that metal to have certain characteristics, you want it to be able to bend at a certain temperature, you want it to melt at a certain temperature, you choose the qualities of that metal accordingly. So you fashion it to whatever your purpose is. And oftentimes we talk about character with a positive connotation, like, oh, that person really lacks character. But in a way, that's a misnomer. The character isn't really good or bad. It's just the essence of something, and we can shape that however we want. So everyone's got a character, it's really a question of whether that character serves us, it serves our objectives, it makes us feel happy and good about who we are. 
Or to your point, do we have certain characteristics which are detrimental and are leading to problems in our physical and mental health? Talk a bit about the different elements, the different components of character. We've touched on a couple of those. So things like, do you want to tear people down or do you want to support them? It could be things like, do you stand up for what you believe in or do you cower? Are you disciplined or are you easily distracted and get off track? Is there a set or a library of these elements that we can think about when we're thinking about constructing a character that's really going to serve us in this life? Ben, I, I look at nature for all answers. Uh, if we go into just simply the physics of devotion, uh, nature, uh, the uh, physics is the study of natural phenomena. And I can tie physics into everything from the most gross, substantial thing to something very existential. So wood, the wood element. Wood would make a wonderful airplane. There were airplanes made out of wood, right? Howard Hughes made the Spruce Goose. Uh, uh, the first aircraft made were made out of wood and uh, silk. And that's a great material. Wood has great characteristics until you start going faster. And at some point, the ability to flex and bend, it snaps. So if you want to go faster than uh, 100 miles an hour, 150 miles an hour, then you, you have to use something that is of different character. It has to be as light as wood, but it can take more flex. So then we're going to add aluminum. It's a great material. Aluminum, you can use that on a plane and you can soar to the highest altitude and you're carrying people, you have to pressurize that and it can flex so many times. It's like a balloon, an aluminum balloon. And that's why aircraft fatigue because they're expanding and contracting with altitude. That is the nature of aluminum. Well, new aircraft, they added carbon fiber. It has another characteristic. Carbon fiber is basically epoxy glue with carbon strands and so forth in it. And it can, it can last a lot longer and it's lighter and very strong. And, but it takes very specialized hands to uh, manipulate it and, and things to cook it. So it has its own characteristics. And so too with people. So again, there's no bad or good characteristics. It's like, what do you want it to for? Well, if you have a person who has uh, the character of, of, of dishonesty, you may not want them working at your cash register. But maybe there's something else in their character where that same dishonesty, they like to tell on people, say they would be perfect for some level of security, except where it comes to handling money, right? And as long as there are limits and restraints on their range and their movement, you could take uh, and utilize that character flaw or character plus, however it is deployed. My concern mostly is in the character of people and when it pertains to their health and well-being. So when people come to me and, 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 and I have a session with them, I'm reading their character just like we're doing etiology. I include the character of that person. And in Chinese medicine, they often refer to the shin or the ardor of the person. And you can tell a lot about what that person's going through and why. What, what diseases are they inviting into their life and what are they willing to disinvite, right? So the character tells you right away their elemental nature, their tendencies, their ability to 
endure pressure, stress over time. And from there, you can then work out the right strategy and formulas for them to be on a wellness program. So what we look for are foundational things in character. How long can you stay with something? How good is your word? And on a very foundational level, not on a provisional level, but just the, the, the foundational elements of that person. Or do they have, are they as solid as a rock, as some people would say? Is their word as good as gold? Or is it etched in stone? You see what I'm saying? So we're, 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 we talk in those terms oftentimes. Is that person flaky? I, I, I recall years ago uh, in a relationship when I was younger with a, a person, and I always looked at her emotions like they were confetti because I never knew which direction they would go when she walked through the door. It's just like throwing confetti up. So her emotions were the elements of confetti, right? Then you have other people that will say to me, well, Z, you're the same all the time, right? You're into samism. You have, you are uh, rock steady. You're very earthy, as my grandmother would say. You are very earthy. So you have the characteristics of the earth. Stable, shift, slow to shift, slow to change. So you start looking at those foundational elements of people and then you can begin to work with it. And like a good alchemist or metallurgist, you can include or take out certain elements, remove certain impurities, and you can shape the being into the character that is most beneficial. So Z, as you rightly pointed out, we're not here to say there's a universal set of characteristics that people need to adopt. Depending on what you want to do in this life, different traits might be more important than others. You talked about being a little bit untruthful and maybe uh, someone who's willing to steal in certain situations that might be a useful character trait to have. Uh, so. What's important from our standpoint is to first think about what we're trying to achieve. We're not here to talk to people who have a single-minded obsession about making money or who want to go into extreme sports and just keep on running until uh, they eventually die because they're taking so much risk. What we're really concerned about, our objective and our demographic, cares about health and wellness. How can I go out in this life with a clear mind and a healthy body so that I can fully express myself. So I can do things that are creative, so I can connect to others, so I can stand for something that's important and feels fundamental to me. These objectives are, I think, what we're speaking to. So let's talk for a minute about the qualities that help us in this health and wellness endeavor. And I'll just share a story from my own life if I think about the path that I've taken, about 10 years ago, I decided that I wanted to leave my job. I wanted to do something different. So I struck out on my own. And I really struggled. I struggled with this for a few reasons. I think the first reason was that I was trying to prove something. So part of my character at the time was I need to show other people that I can do something that's very difficult to do, uh, that I can separate myself from the masses 
And that wasn't a great way to, to start. And I think because I had that shaky foundation, it just caused a lot of different problems. I was driven by ego. It was very difficult for me to admit that I was on the wrong track. I felt like I needed to show that I had all the answers. I wasn't open to criticism. I wasn't open to fluidity. And so to objectively stepping away from myself, asking for help, shifting course, experimenting, trying different things. And a part of this also related to the amount of time that I devoted. As I was on this path, there was another opportunity that came up and I decided to go back to the corporate world. And I think for me at the time, it was the right decision. But if I look at people who've really succeeded when they've been on their own, they've had a few qualities that are consistent. I've got friends, I've got some family members who've been successful entrepreneurs. And two things have struck me about it. Number one is that they just keep on going. They have in their mind that they're going to work for themselves. They don't want to be a slave to someone else. And they're going to do what it takes. It doesn't matter what the hardship is. It doesn't matter the path. They don't have all the answers. They don't need approval from other people. They're just going to go and they're going to figure it out. So there's a certain level of commitment that I didn't have. I think I had some commitment, but not at that same level. And eventually I stepped away. And the other quality that I found that was really important was flexibility or fluidity and the willingness to, sorry the willingness to pivot and move in a different direction a lot of people i've seen who've succeeded in this realm have been willing to say okay the idea that i started with that i thought was such a great idea just isn't working out there's too much competition i'm not making enough money whatever the case may be but if they keep their eyes open and they keep their mind open usually they're able to find something else they happen to have a conversation with someone they happened to do a conference. A friend of mine did a conference with a law school professor, and he moved his business in an entirely different direction. So he got into hosting conferences and doing education for lawyers because he was open-minded. And the most important thing to him was to build a business. It wasn't to continue down the original path that he started on. So I think whether it's being successful in business or whether it's in the health and wellness space and being a good steward of our own health. A couple of things that I found important have been discipline, commitment, fluidity, openness to criticism. And as I've started to embody those, I think I've become more successful professionally. And also in terms of my health, I just feel like I'm in a better place. My physical health is better. Mentally, I'm more clear. I have more of a routine. A couple of questions for you, Z. Number one, can you add to that list? Are there other characteristics that you think are really important when we're trying to design a healthy and sustainable life? And two, how do we move in that direction? So how do we diagnose ourselves, figure out what's wrong, and then most importantly, fix that and create a character that's in our best interest? Well, Vin, again, it's an alchemic process. You're a chemist. You're the, you're the divine chemist of yourself. And you talked about the entrepreneurial character. And you also talked about the character of commitment. These various elements that you would all mix up into that um, flask that make you who you are. I would challenge everyone, all of us, to look at all the chemicals, all the seasonings that you would put in that flask that you would want to find as good features in yourself. I think to do that, too, you have to look out and look at different role models and examples. As you talked about that whole entrepreneurial character, 
the guy that goes out and says, hey, I just want to make a living. Um, and, and here's, you would look at a few things. What does making a living mean to you? What quality of life and what is the standard of life you hope to have? Boom, that's one thing. That's a good thing. It's a really good thing if you think about that. Let's say you just want to teach Pilates for a living. You're not going to make billions and billions of dollars teaching Pilates. So if, it, if, if in that quest you really enjoy doing that, you set yourself up and you learn just enough about that entrepreneurial uh, venue uh, that you're going to in, in, engage in. You're going to be performing there. And you say, hey, you know, I can, I can teach uh, 10 people a day or a week and that would afford me X number of dollars and if I could live in this kind of house and in doing that it would be a modest and comfortable living and in order that I have to have a, a certain type of character that allows me to be uh, self-evaluating and not comparing myself to maybe someone who works in a, 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 a grand financial business model who is um, uh, going out to restaurants every night and spending a thousand dollars on dinner I won't be a part of that reality but I'll be a part of mine so there's so many elements that will go into the character of that person as an entrepreneur to be at peace with themselves and here's where a lot of people miss out on putting that that chemical composition together of the self is each piece fits with another piece that makes the whole so the character of discipline the character of commitment that what percentage of that element is the knowledge of your craft so that you could go and pursue the education necessary to fulfill your wishes or your that part of your dream so as we talk about character there are many elements that go into building our character but first we want to almost I would say in a way reverse engineer the reality that we'd like to have as you said you went on a business venture but you lack the character of self-containment so you were really comparing yourself to others or looking outside yourself to see how where you stood with other people and if you took that away and replaced it with maybe an element of um, of, of self-realization or self-possession you could probably have gone on that venture knowing that as long as I'm not comparing myself and I also really enjoy my lifestyle the way it is I'm not longing for more maybe material frequency in my lifestyle so you you're constantly playing with the chemistry like a good cook or a good scientist to make that right element of you so there are many many character elements but I think you could benefit greatly by by reverse engineering and what I do is, is I read and I study. I have different people, uh, historical uh, figures and so forth that I admire. And I look at what was the character of that person. Oh, I'd like to take a gram of this and a gram of that and a pinch of this and a pinch of that. And that's how I try to build my own character. And if you do it with awareness, then it, it comes out in your favor. But you have to remember that a lot of our character was developed uh, unwittingly. We didn't know we were doing that. Children are raised and they, they take cues from the character cues from their parents, reward and denial. So then you start to see the corruption of children's character as early as five or six years old where you can see that they're going down a pretty challenging path and they're going to be uh, mainly basically a diseased emotionally uh, by the time they're a teenager or young adult because early on they're, they, they, they have been 
indoctrinated or so to say or spiced up by um, these kind of malfrequencies bestowed upon them by caregivers so they they lose their childhood and equivalent I was hanging out with some young fellas this weekend and uh, they were uh, 9 and 11 and they were so overly concerned with finance and money that they were literally nervous and shaking and t and physically tired because they were concerned with uh, the the amount of money they had available to buy a, a toy and they are their parents uh, have at least the facade of wealth um, they they are in the mix they are high fashion people that speak in 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 the, kind of the LA success model of I have this I have 10 of these 20 of those I've had this I've had that um, they talk in terms of expenses but the way the children have picked that up on is they actually feel that they are in constant uh, deficit they're in constant uh, lack of something so they may find that that will drive them to pursue lots of money but they already are suffering from anxiety related to money you see what I'm saying so this is uh, this is how we form character so as adults, um, what we want to do is, is really deconstruct ourselves and say, what are my behavioral points? What are my character points? So that here's the ones that I want, and here's the ones that really uh, can benefit me. Whenever I meet people that are very content with themselves, they have certain character qualities that I really like, and I try to learn from them. What is it that you did? I, I have a, someone here in their 90s who's always in a pleasant mood and content and in good health, and I, so I always ask her, oh, so what are you doing today? What, what, are, your, what are your values? What, what, what are your character elements that are important to you? And then I extract from that little bits of information that I try and include into my life so I can, I can pretty much uh, be in her position at 90 years old. I think this awareness point is really important because we're going to end up with some character. We're all we're all on this planet, we all have certain personality traits, and if we don't consciously choose them, then they're forced on us by the people around us and by our environment. And at times that can be incredibly detrimental. There's someone else I'm thinking about as you're talking, Z, uh, someone I know who's a friend of a friend. And he was described as a person who was always the superstar of his family. So came from an Asian background, and his family really measured success based on what school did you go to, what were your SAT scores, what were your grades, how prestigious uh, were the awards that you won. And for years growing up, he was just touted as this incredible success story. So his parents would go out and talk proudly about how he had almost perfect SATs, how he'd gotten to Harvard, he'd done all, the, all of these incredible things. You fast forward a bit, he's in his 50s now, and he's dysfunctional. So he's never learned how to have a successful relationship. He probably never had to apply himself in a lot of different areas. He could just rely on being intelligent and winning those awards. So he doesn't know how to hold down a job. He doesn't know how to take risk. And he's just basically at this point a drain on his parents. And it's very tough for his parents. His parents are in their 80s. They're concerned about their retirement. They're concerned about winding down their life. And they've got this incredible amount of stress because they've got a son who's in his 50s who still needs their help. So I find that really interesting. Here's an example of someone, and you could argue it's not his fault. He went through life. He studied hard. He worked hard when he was young. But he was always pushed in a certain direction and developed a certain set of characteristics 
that ended up allowing him to survive in a very narrowly defined area. Maybe if he'd stayed in academia, he would have been fine, or at least he would have been better off. But he wasn't suited to function in the real world. He wasn't suited to have a relationship and raise a family. So this idea that we can step away from ourselves, objectively identify the different aspects of our character, and then consciously build what we want, something that's going to serve us, is incredibly powerful. But I think it relies on awareness, and it also relies on an ability to overcome our own defenses. Oftentimes, we're our own worst enemy. We don't want to admit character flaws. You talked about how you're very open to looking at other people and how they live and adopting ways of life that might be different than your own. For some people, that's very threatening. If they hear that someone is doing something differently, it feels like a personal attack. It feels like an attack on their identity and their ego gets up in arms and says, my God, you're different than me. What you're doing must be wrong. I, I'm doing this the right way. And that whole process of developing awareness and developing an objective viewpoint becomes very hard to do. How can we help people get started? How can you pierce those defenses and create the awareness you need to systematically go through this process? Vin, I really feel like it goes to being, again, the witness, our thing, the dispassionate observer. I tend to step away and I look at moments when, when, when things aren't maybe going the way I want them to go. And I ask myself, well, how did I get here? And how can I go in another direction? And I just sit with that question because I'm not looking for the right answer. I'm looking for the answer. I'm looking for the way to keep going and progressing in the most auspicious and healthy way. So what are the elements of my character that I can import, work on, or export that will help me continually being fluid and evolving and growing and measuring my days in, in the volume of, of, of simply contentment? You know, if I'm content in happiness, in joy, in reverence, and asking that question and sitting with it, I can then discern the elements that I need to get to that place and be in that place. That again, it's dynamic and it's ever moving. When we hear these stories, which are common, where you know, the parents is, is, is kind of going over and over the successes of the child, and there was no real true success because the success was of a bygone day. Their success needed to be validated by outside people. Right there, the character of that type of view has intrinsic flaws. You understand? When you need to look outside of yourself for approval to see if you're okay, then you're not okay. If someone asks you, how do you feel? And you have to say, wait a minute, let me go check the faceless committee and they will give me an answer. Then you're already in a bad place. You're already in an unhealthy place, an untenable place, because your general well-being and the alchemic structure of you, the bonding material, you have no control over. It is an outside source 
that is keeping you bound together. So you are already fragile and fragmented um, and it's unsustainable. So we want to go inside and say, uh, what is success to me? And I was talking to someone this morning and they were talking about the difference between being poor and being broke, right? And they were saying poor is a state of mind. Maybe you can be broke and you can always deal with that. But being poor, you stay poor. So it's not just poor materially, but poor spiritually, poor emotionally, poor health-wise. But if you're going through something and you look at it, you can see the season you're in and you know that there's a way through it. There's also this idea, then that we are not hapless victims to things. Just like this gentleman you spoke of, he did everything his parents wanted him to do. They, they can acknowledge that he did everything we wanted them to do. He gave us the awards, the trophies, the certificates that we needed to show to others. So we would have one minute or two minutes of applause. He gave us that. He performed. He is no different than a child singer or dancer or child actor. And, and we know the fate of most child stars. We know the fate. So he was a child star. And once he became adult, it's not cute anymore. It's not fun anymore. So that was the exchange. And part of the character, maybe part of our character building, is understanding the commerce of human exchange. What does it cost me? What do I get out of it? So for them, it gave them short-term social acknowledgement. And it gave him a lifetime of emptiness. And in your character, and that honest part of your character, say, hey, maybe it was worth it. Maybe it was worth it. You ask a patriot who has lost their leg in a senseless battle, representing the ideals of national boundaries or whatever. And you ask him, was it worth losing your leg? For some, they say, yeah, it was worth it. It's worth it because there are other parts of my character that tells me that. And it reinforced that. Others, it, it's a wake-up call. Wow, I lost my leg for nothing. For some politician, for a cause that of no merit, right? So, so each of us can take responsibility and build our character. My, again, where I try to work with people is when it comes to the health and well-being. Uh, the character of adjusting your narrative towards your health. The character of being compliant with remedy. The other day, a young lady came in and she was covered with flea bites and diseased, all sorts of sores on her body. And she said, oh my God, what is this? I was playing with stray cats at the homeless shelter. And um, I've been itching ever since. And I feel it's really wrong because I was involved in such a, a, a wonderful and compassionate activity but it cost me my health. I, I have flea bites, maybe rat bites, and uh, infestation of ticks. And so I said, here's the formula you need to take. She looks at the formula and hesitates and says, oh, I should go pick some of this up. I said, no, here is the formula right here. You should take it now. Uh, the disease is ravaging your body. Take the cure now. But her character was a self-doubting character, and it was also self-effacing and things she's working on. So her initial response 
was to continue to endure the suffering because maybe that gave her a sense of reward for working at the homeless shelter or whatever. Who knows? But it was undermining her health. So I encouraged her in a very firm way, take the formula now, right now. Like if you get bitten by a snake, take the anti-serum now. Don't wait till you finish your movie and you're off work and you've had a spa day. Take the anti-venom now. So the character of now is something she's working on. So she reluctantly took the formula and began taking it and um, the cure began to take effect. So you have those character features in people. There are those who will hesitate to move forward with remedy and there are people who will take action immediately. So what are the character features you need? Again, none good or bad. You ask yourself, is it sustainable? Is it appropriate? So building your character in a way that you want to design that healthy life for yourself. That is my focus with people. You follow me, Vin? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely follow you. I think when we start to take accountability for ourselves and if we're able to look at ourselves more objectively, it becomes more formulaic, more scientific. You can look at cause and effect and it becomes very much as you describe which is almost a process of alchemy, uh, which is I've got these different choices in terms of how I conduct myself, in terms of my skills, my capabilities, my ideals, and let me fashion them together in a way that works for my life. I think another aspect of this, which is very important, is fluidity, because character isn't something that's one and done. We don't just set it and move on. It's something that's continuously evolving, and it could evolve for a couple of reasons. One, it could evolve just because our situations change. So perhaps you're in some extreme circumstance. You're a prisoner, and you talk about a character trait being enduring suffering. Maybe at that point you have to endure suffering. You don't have any other choice. If you try and rock the boat, you're going to die or you're going to be put in solitary confinement. But you come out of that and you live in the world, that doesn't serve you anymore. So it's time to reevaluate and adapt and possibly change the character that you've created that may have served you in the past, but doesn't serve you going forward. And I think the other aspect of this is that even if your circumstances don't change, over time your knowledge changes. You figure out what works and what doesn't work. You put things to the test. Uh, We've talked a lot about being scientists in our own life and looking at empirical evidence. And if we have a certain mindset or certain habits and we think, for example, that we can multitask and be more efficient, that doesn't work. A lot of people don't believe it. Scientifically, it doesn't work. Just observe. Observe whether that's something that serves you, whether you actually get more done. And by doing that, you might say, okay, I thought it was helping me. In fact, it's not. So let me change my approach. And instead of multitasking, I'm going to focus on time management. I'm going to focus on more single-minded concentration and actually be more effective. Can you talk a bit about that aspect, Z, the fluidity, how important that is, and how to balance building character and building certain attributes versus wanting to evolve those attributes as the circumstances in your life inevitably change? Sure, Vin. Here's here's something that we can keep and kind of post on the fridge or the medicine cabinet mirror. Known character 
a character that you are aware of is fluid. Unconscious, unknown character is rigid. So to, be, to bring the character features up for scrutiny, one must be still and try to observe that that is unobserved, to know that is, that is unknown, to bring to conscious that which you are unconscious of. That requires stillness and listening and observing. If you have certain features in your character that makes you a slave to anxiety, you have to sit still and, and bring that to the fore. Let it float to the top. Let it separate from the rest. You can say, ah, aha, here's that part of me. Here's that character feature that makes me more susceptible to anxiety and these behaviors that are I don't benefit from that are affecting my family and my relationship and my siblings and offsprings in a horrible way. Um, so you, you, but, you, but the ones that you don't see are very rigid. Uh, they're very uh, anchored in there. They're fortified. And they've been with you for so long that you're unaware of them. They become like a, an, an, appendage, an appendage that's always been there. And oftentimes you, you're not aware of your appendages until they're sore. You're not aware of your shoulder until your shoulder hurts. You're not aware of your foot until your foot hurts. You get what I'm saying? So you have to sit there and observe and let that thing come up and you can see its role in your life and how the other character features and the character chemistry plays around that because all of them are working in, in a dynamic stew to create the action in what we call life. So you work on what am I not aware of? What am I doing? Or, or you, you find yourself maybe in a kind of a twilight zone or groundhog's day of issues. These things keep coming up, keep coming up. Because there's something you're not aware of in your character that is supporting these things that are working against you. So again, I use anxiety as, as, as an example because so many people suffer from anxiety that it paralyzes them. They can't make decisions. Like I said, this young lady, the remedy was right there in her hand and she was thinking of hesitating. So that's a form of anxiety. So when you sit back and you bring that to the fore, say, wow, here's a piece of my character that supports and promotes anxiousness and anxiety, which actually hinders my life. So then you'll find other people that, that different things go on that trigger. Maybe there's a character of remembrance or where you have certain types of uh, devotional connections to things in the past that won't allow you to let go of certain behaviors so that you can move forward. Or maybe you have certain biases in your consciousness as part of a character uh, definer that part of my character is to be there. You hear people all the time say, well, I'm just this way. And that's, that can be very good if they acknowledge it. Because if you can say that, you can change it. You can adjust it. I can say that I am consistent and into kind of the same-ism. So I know that that's a feature of me, so I can make adjustments to counteract that as necessary. If I'm not aware of it, then I just go deep into uh, rigid dogma right, which is very unhealthy. That, and on the other side, if I'm aware of my ability to be very disciplined and very even dogmatic, I can buffer that a bit enough for me to have more freedom of movement and evolution, right, because we don't evolve unless we're fluid and moving, and we want to keep moving. Life is about movement. Death is about stagnant. Pain is stagnant. 
uh, freedom from pain is movement and fluidity. So we want to stay there, right? And um, that that that's kind of what I have to share with that, Ben. You have any other ideas on that? I don't know if you want to talk about any diagnostic tools or if we should mention that as something that we can provide. You can run with that. What would you think are diagnostic tools that would be beneficial to people to bring their character features front and center in their own mind so they could be uh, able to define themselves? Yoga asks us to be self-possessed, self-realized. A good yogi is, owns themselves. And if I own myself, I know what I'm made out of. If I know what I'm made out of, I know the tolerance of, of those elements. I know the character of those elements, and I know how they build a, the whole character of me. It's very important to know yourself and know yourself away from yourself, meaning the ego will always blind you and obscure. You don't want to sit there and talk about all the great qualities you have. Simply talk about the qualities you have. Don't say they're great, good, or bad. Just say they are qualities. Don't say that the pepper is good or bad, it's pepper. Don't say that the chili is this chili, it's chili. So if I want to add pepper and chili to my food, I know what proportions of that to give it a particular taste or aroma. So too with me, if I want to, with the me, with the metaphorical me, here, here is me. Neither good nor bad, here are the elements of me. Now I'm going to take those and put them front and center on a list of ingredients that make the whole of me. And I can see where I have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I'm going to add less of this, a bit more of that, in order to make myself and take ownership. I think those are good tools. And when it comes to uh, creating health formulas for yourself, you always look at those ingredients. What hinders you from being healthy? What stops you from doing your fitness routine? What hinders you from taking your, the right supplements you need to be healthy? And you don't have to act on it. You just have to lay it front and center, ask those questions. So I'm always trying to master my gut health, right? And I know I can acknowledge that I love chocolate and that wherever I source that chocolate will have something to do with how my digestion works hours later. By acknowledging that, I am prepared I can fortify, I can work out, I can plan for whatever is going to come of what these actions I have undertaken, uh, whatever will, wherever that will lead me to, if I, what I'm saying. So those are the diagnostic tools. Again, is to be still, to be uh, discerning and dispassionate and say, what am I made out of without including good or bad? You follow me, Vin? Yeah, so I think in addition to the diagnostic tools that you mentioned, Z, you talked about stillness, you talked about being able to calm the mind, dispassionately observe yourself. You've also talked about inviting critique, so looking at other people, their habits, people that you want to emulate, and seeing what the differences are between you and them, and maybe there's some gap that you can fill. I think the other aspect of this is if you want to create a blueprint for who you want to be. And in some sense, it's similar to uh, just uh, taking a look at people that you want to emulate, but this might be a little more systematic. So we talk a lot about health and wellness and the components of that, components being things like we need to get rid of anxiety, we need a 
routine. So we need to build some life practice that includes physical movement. It includes a certain amount of exercise. It includes something to manage our energy, whether that's yoga or uh, Tai Chi. Uh, there's a diet component to it. There's also a component of, of honoring time, right? That, that always helps right there, Vin. And you just inspired me when you said that, because when you talk about maybe giving yourself a self-examination card and you, you use timeliness, because time is that relentless taskmaster just ticking on. Do you take action or don't you? So sometimes I talk to my wife and she'll say, well, I'm hungry. I say, well, eat and you won't be hungry anymore. Well, I don't know what to eat. So just the debate of what she wants to eat takes up so much time that she ends up not eating and then suffering health-wise from being in a caloric deficit. If you tell somebody, hey, a snake bit me, um, if you tell you, they, tell you, and you, they tell you a snake bit him, and you say, okay, here's the anti-ventum. And you need to take the anti-venom within 20 minutes. And they say, okay, well, I need to go make a phone call. That's going to take five minutes. Um, I need to change clothes. That's going to take another five. So now we got 10 minutes before we can take the anti-venom. And uh, oh, by the way, I need to um, check a couple of emails. You see what I'm saying, Vin? So a person can work on their character, and then they need to reveal and see, here are certain behavioral features in me in my behavioral character that hinder me from having good health? Do you act in a timely manner? How well do you manage your time? Do you take action when it's needed? Or do you procrastinate? Is procrastination a high percentage of your character formula? You see what I'm saying? Um, is fear, the fear of the unknown or fear of failure, a big element in your character and in that fear of failure you tend not to act is looking for others approval what percentage of that does that play in who you are that then influences your character your, your, your general character model so that's these are these are actually good things that, that, that you triggered in me then I think where a person could actually we can possibly make even a checklist you know, an alchemic checklist of a person's character. Do you, how much does the weight of the faceless committee's opinion of you hold on your actions and behavior? When you go online on social media, how invested are you in the opinions of others or how often do you offer opinion to unknown sources? How much do you engage in this type of debauchery? So these are things you can ask yourself, and then from there you can see what you're made out of. How often do you exercise? Plain and simple. How often do you mindfully get up and exercise? Self-care, self-hygiene. So, well, my, my, the ingredients of that in my life, based on my time, is five minutes a day. Well, I, I, I mindfully exercise five minutes a day. We can pretty much tell where that's going to lead, right, Vin? Right. I really, 40% of what I'm made out of is not corn syrup, but what other people think of me, right? So that's just like being made of corn syrup. You know you're going to be diabetic. How much of me is dwells in the past? 
well, 5%, 30%. And you use time as the volume, right? So in your waking hours, you're spending 5% of your time concerned with what other people think of you, or you're spending 30% of your time with every action you take. So does it, does it, is it 30% of you or 20%? 30% of you, almost every action you take is tainted by what you're imagining other people are thinking of you. So you're, you're, you're basically venturing deep into narcissism, right? And we can actually probably build a chart like a, that people can work on, like a medical chart, and you can actually color code it and do a, a, like a chemical table. Look at the chemical table and say, hey, I'm this much H2O and this much NOx and this much CO2 and you know so on and so forth, right? And you can actually, oh, you know what? You're a nuclear bomb just based on the chemical layout. I'm a mess. And then you can take that apart and work on being a better person. So we almost could use a chemical table for people and then change the uh, chemical frequencies for behavioral frequencies. And then you can see what's going on with a person. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. So part one is that diagnostic, which is here are a bunch of characteristics. A lot of these are correlated with good health. Others are correlated with bad health. Let's see how you measure up. And then two is we got to link that to what can you now do about it? So if you know that you're too anxious, if you know that you seek other people's approval, well, here's a remedy. Here are the three things or the five things that you have to do to sort yourself out and rebuild your character. So let's make a note of that, and that's something that we can build outside of this podcast. I think that would be a very useful diagnostic tool and ties into a lot of the other things that we've been talking about, such as creating your own narratives or building a yantra or a blueprint. That would be the I am chemical table. That's what it would be. Yeah, yeah. And then you can work on that. And, and probably when we do that, it's like doing etiology. We can actually see what the problem is. with so when, when I do a yantra with people, I can see what their problem is from the, the time they lay their yantra out. I say, okay, there you are. I can see why you're fucked up. No, I just looked at your yantra, right? With this I am chemical table, we can say, oh, yeah, no wonder you're screwed. Okay? And then we can work on that and then make the tweaks and show them here are the tweaks you have to make so you won't be screwed up. So we talked about character as being the essence of yourself, and it's something that if we don't pay attention happens by accident, but it's also something that we can intentionally cultivate. We can choose the qualities, the characteristics that we want to build into our lives. And if we do this with intention and awareness, if we can step away from ourselves and look at ourselves objectively, we can build in things like discipline. Uh, things like intellectual curiosity. Uh, we can build in things like standing by our word, things that serve us in this life, that make us feel good, that promote good health, and that avoid a lot of the pitfalls we fall into, uh, such as depression or anxiety. Uh, so keep a lookout. We're going to work on some diagnostics to identify uh, different elements of character, as well as some solutions so that we can really build a character that serves us well. All right, always great talking to you, Vin. Uh, look forward to our next episode. All right, thanks, Z. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more 
at dharmamedia.com. Peace.